Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? The podcast. I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and we are the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? The podcast, a life how to podcast from the perspective of non experts. And each week we're going to bust open a new bottle of wine and a new topic that we're going to dive right into. And this week we're going to be talking about wine 101, which is, I mean, pretty much our bread and butter here. It's on brand for us. Yeah, we're going to be taking you through the elements of wine, the nine styles of wine, and what to look for when you're grocery shopping when yeah. you're when you're picking when out you're a bottle of wine for a bottle. from the shelf. Yeah, because I think um as we've discussed from the beginning of this episode or from the beginning of this season, I am from Napa and I don't know shit. You okay, you I I want to say actually Natalie, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because what? I feel like I've told you you're not great with wine because you're not a connoisseur, <laughs> but you act you are above average. Oh, thank you so much. And now hopefully our listeners will also be above average. Yes, hopefully our hopefully our listeners are going to be way above average when it comes to wine and being able to choose wine and talk about wine. Or just like even the lingo, even you know? The lingo. It's kind of sometimes hard to know what people are talking about. And all the different types and like, you don't, I don't even, I truly still don't know what type of wine I even like. Yeah. Especially when most people, I feel you just, you kind of get like boxed wine in college and you're like, this is fine. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And you just like mix it with sprite or whatever so uh, we're gonna go a little bit more in depth yeah but i mean as we're talking about wine now we gotta be drinking some too we're what not. are we drinking today yet? okay so this is a special bottle that i'm very excited natalie about. would not let me see is still not letting me see the label of this she has it turned away from me i went to like grab it to take a picture with it and she i was like no so I've been saving this bottle since I graduated high school. Wait, what? I'm going to cry. Yeah. It's a special occasion because it is our 10th episode. Our 10th episode. Which and we've been working so hard on for so long. We've yes. had this podcast in our mind, dreaming it up for over a year before we started recording. Yes. And we're 10 episodes in. Oh my God, not even Ten. saving it? I've been saving this since I, I got this as a gift when I graduated high school. Oh my school. God, I'm crying. Um, and... It obviously, it was given to me with the intent of drinking on a special occasion, not, you know, I was 18, so I wasn't like, they weren't like, here, take this to drink. But it's special because it is a very limited label that they don't do anymore, and it's the Marilyn Merlot. So it is... Wow! Okay, so um, tell our listeners what you mean by Marilyn. Yes, so there is a picture of Marilyn Monroe on the label it's from 2008. Wow. And it is, so in Napa, every few years, they do a different Marilyn Merlot. And I don't, I don't know the last time they did one. It's been a long time. Wow. And they only do a couple bottles. Oh my God. So this is the 2008 Marilyn Merlot bottle. And it's fun because every time they do a new label, it's like totally different. 
It's really, she looks, she's like kind of looking over her shoulder a little bit. And the, this one also has like a holographic sort of like, label. yeah, it's like the M of her signature, but it's like in holographic. It looks, it's so fucking cool. And Natalie, I can't believe you saved it for so long. Passing it so she can see it. But um, yeah, I've been, I've just wondered this whole time, like what, when am I ever going to drink this? And it's a 2008, which means I, so I haven't taken a sip of it. So it might have gone bad by now. It's but it might be good. 12 years old? Yeah. That's insane. I'm so excited. I, I don't think I've ever drank a wine that Oh, old. really? I don't think so. Wow. I think I only buy like 2014s or, I mean, 2016 yeah. and things like that. So wow. I'm excited because this has, yeah, this has gone with me. This one says it's the 24th vintage. So this is the 24th one that they did. Okay. The Marilyn Merlot. Well, thank you for sharing this with me. I feel honored. Yay. And this feels very celebratory for our 10th episode. Yeah. Cheers from afar. Cheers. Oh, actually, cheers. There we go. Take a sip. I don't think it went bad. Oh, I don't think it went bad. That's very complex. Let's talk about it at the end of the episode. But you know what I, I want to talk about right now? What? Our mutual love of air fryers. Oh, my God. We can't stop. So then actually the other day I was talking to my brother's roommate because he just got an air fryer. And I was like, have you tried kale chips in the air fryer? And he's like, no, should I? And I'm like, uh, yes. If you guys don't know, an air fryer is like this device in which you like can put vegetables and like- You can put literally anything. I mean, literally anything, meat and stuff. And you can like Instead of using a bunch of oil to like fry something, make it crisp. I guess, is it a crisper kind of? It kind of, yeah, it makes them crispy. Makes things crispy. And so I just, I just opened mine out of the box and Natalie's been using it and she put me on to kale chips, which mind you, like I don't really fuck with vegetables like that. <laughs> and I loved, and then my boyfriend and I made chicken wings. You love chicken wings. And I am like a Buffalo Wild Wings gal. I mm-hmm. love a chicken wing. Yep. And this, let me tell you, my boyfriend and I looked each other deep into the, our eyes and said, is this better than Buffalo Wild Wings? Oh, my God. So actually, Corinne and I have a date this weekend because we just apparently can't get enough of each other. And we're going to do- We're going to make chicken wings. Chicken wings in the air fryer, which I have not had yet. They're Natalie- Ooh, let me tell you. Ooh, Ooh, they're so fucking good. I'm so excited. So if you guys are looking on a new uh, cooking appliance, highly recommend. Also, they're not that expensive. No, they're not. You would think this is a kitchen appliance that's going to cost me a million dollars. They do not. Also, if you've got Kohl's cash, I'm a proponent of that. (laughs) And you can can get a good deal with your Kohl's cash. Utilize that Kohl's cash. Do it. That's how I got mine. Is it really? Yes, it is. Got a wow. great deal on it. However, it's really tiny. But it's just, you know, it's just for me. Yeah, mine is like, I would say medium. Like, I can fit 10 wings in a batch. So my boyfriend and I make 20 for the two of us. We do like one batch, mm-hmm. eat five each. Well, actually, six and four. You know, he's bigger. Did you guys ever try the, okay, remember in New Orleans when we got, um, what was, was Atomic Bomb? Or, what's the, what's the, Oh yeah, no the hot we, sauce we haven't that they used do on it. Hot ones. You haven't done it yet. No, it's it's not a tonic <sighs> bond. Um, so hot ones, they have their own hot sauce, and it's called. But it's not their hot sauce. It's just like that. It's one the one they, they use. It's called Da Bomb. Da Bomb. Yeah, it's called Da Bomb. Yeah. No, we haven't used it yet. Oh my god, I'm very curious. Yeah, we we stick. We love a medium buffalo. Yeah, a medium or hot buffalo. Here's my next question. Just and then we'll move on from yeah. wings. 
Do you prefer ranch or blue cheese? I've never really used blue cheese, but I can tell you right now I love ranch. Okay. I'm this I do like a blue cheese, but honestly I like ranch with ranch on pizza, ranch with wings. I got an organic ranch from Whole Foods and it tasted like ass. Oh, literal ass. No, 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 no. It no, was no, not no. for it me. It was probably made with some weird have you ever had like homemade ranch? No, I don't even know what's in ranch. What is ranch Maybe made out of? Made. It's like buttermilk and there's all these different um there's like dill, all these herbs. No. Oh. I'm a Heinz Ranch gal, or a, what is it called? Hidden Valley. Hidden Valley Ranch I do gal. Like, maybe I'll make some for the wings. for our date. Yeah. Ooh. Maybe okay. I'll make some homemade ranch. It really is life changing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I feel like my life needs to be changed. Okay. So Ooh. let's move into our wine 101 lesson for Yay. everyone. I mean, we've been drinking wine for the last nine episodes. Yes. We feel like it's fair that we should maybe introduce everyone to wine if you're not familiar with it. Um, so th- why did we choose this topic? It's because, um, well, <laughs> the general election is coming up and I feel like, we both feel like everyone might need a little glass of wine or two or three or five or, or eight ten bottles. <laughs> Honestly, whatever you got to do to get through it. Yeah, we wanted a topic that was a little bit lighter, more digestible, and uh, fitting for, I think, how everyone's feeling right now. Also, this is our plug, our official plug, to please get out and vote. Please. Please, for the love of God. Send us pictures, too. We would love to see you guys love, at the playing station. Yeah, tag us, um, like, if you, or send us DMs on Instagram, at Am I Doing This Right? And we'll give you a shout out. We Honestly, that? repost. Repost. We'll fucking shout you out. Also, let me tell you this. I do this every every time there's an election. If you DM me at shop Natalie McMillan a picture that some sort of proof that you had voted, you know, maybe your sticker or you in line at the polls, whatever, I'm gonna send you a discount code Ay. for my store. Okay. So and Natalie has some beautiful pieces and even smells, whatever you want. Really, whatever. I will give you a discount code and it'll be hefty because you deserve it if you voted. Absolutely. And just a disclaimer before we get into this wine episode. Corinne loves a disclaimer. I love a disclaimer. <laughs> I love. I mean, I'm studying to go to law school. I love to cross my T's and dot my I's. She likes to cover the bases. I mean, you have to be 21 or older to be able to drink. So please, if you're listening to this, do not be drinking wine if you're under 21. Yeah. If you're 19. We don't condone it. Just stop. Yeah. Just stop now. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. So let's talk about the elements of wine. So these are the types of things that people talk about, like if you're at a tasting or if you're at the table at a restaurant and they're discussing a certain wine. Or even like your server will be like, well, what do you want in a wine? And then yeah. you're like, blah, blah, you're blah, like blah, 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 I don't know. Red. So some of the elements. Number one, sweetness. This is something that's very often discussed, especially when talking about white wines, because they just tend to be sweeter. Also, if somebody says, oh, this is a very dry white wine, that means it's not sweet. Ah. Yeah. So dry equals not sweet. Yeah. It's not that it's salty. It's that it's, it's just not, not a sweet. sweet. Got it. So like if if you've got a white wine and it's a, you'll say this is a sweet white wine or a dry white wine. Mm. You got it? Gotcha. Next is acidity. So high acidity wines are more tart, whereas a low acidity wine are richer. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like kind of that 
feeling you get in your mouth where it's like a little more a sweet tart yeah. versus a more complex. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Then here's one that gets thrown around a lot, and that's tannins. Tannins. I have no – I have zero clue what a tannin is. Have you ever heard them say like, oh, there's like a lot of – this one is like high tannin. No, I just know beer, and I know they go hops. There's a lot of hops oh. in this. I don't know why I'm British. <laughs> that was a line from Superbad, by the way. I mean, it's got a lot of hops to it. Yeah. Remember? I'm a fogel. Anyways <laughs> – we love super bad. So tannins are typically found in red wines. They are sometimes in white wines, but it's a naturally occurring compound that are in the skins of the grapes. And the scientific name, I'm going to see if I can get this right. Okay. Polyphenols. Wow. That was like amazing. I feel like that was like exactly how it should be pronounced. Polyphenols are tannins. This is what makes wine dry or astringent. So kind of that feeling you get in the back of your throat when you're drinking a red that's kind of like dry. You know what I mean? That like Mm -hmm. sort of dry. That is from the tannins. And you can tell if a wine has high tannins if your mouth gets dry while drinking it. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So another element of wine is body which I think we hear a lot. Body. Yeah. Yo body, Yo girl. Yo body, girl. Hey, yo body. Um, <laughs> and then there's three categories for body, which is light, medium, and full-bodied. And a good way to think about the difference between them is the way we say, you know, skim milk, 2%, cream, like how all those like kind of feel in your mouth, mm-hmm. like the weight of like a, a skim milk is very light in your mouth, 2% is kind of medium, and then like like a, a cream is very thick. Mm-hmm. and A very full body. Right, full body. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of the weight it has on your tongue and yeah. in your mouth. And generally, reds are more fuller body or more full body than white wines are. And the body is typically due to the amount of alcohol, which brings us to our last element, which is alcohol. So high alcohol wines give that kind of warm, fuzzy feeling in the back of your throat, aka you get buzzed faster, (laughs) and are considered heavier bodied. So while wines that you can kind of sip on all day by the pool, they normally have a lighter alcohol content and are therefore lighter bodied. So alcohol content is always listed on the bottle so you know if it's, you know, heavier bodied, lighter bodied mm-hmm. based on its alcohol content. Actually, what does that one say? What does our Marilyn Merlot say? Sometimes it's like by the... Oh, sur- okay, okay, got it. Okay. So our Marilyn Merlot, Merlot. I really want to say Monroe, <laughs> wine that we're drinking, alcohol is 13.9%. Okay. So kind of a, a medium, a, me, a medium full body. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Did you say 13.9? 13.9. Oh, that's actually a full body. So now that we know kind of the elements of wine and we can, I feel like, speak about our wines a little bit more mm-hmm. well. Let's, let's go into the nine styles. Mm-hmm. The nine styles of wine. And these, we're going to list these from the lightest to the heaviest. So... Sparkling wine, light-bodied white wine, full-bodied white wine, aromatic or sweet white wines, rosés, light-bodied reds, medium-bodied reds, full-bodied reds, and 
dessert wine. Ooh, that is a lot. I didn't know there were nine. I would have told nine you there's two. Red, white, rosé. Yeah, there's yeah. three. Yeah, red, that's, white, rosé. That's pretty much how I think about them. But, but there, it's, this, is, this nine list is pretty well respected. I feel like we saw yeah. so many different articles yes. listing these nine. So this is like the real deal. This is the real deal and... My dad works in wine, so we did have some questions, and I called him and was like, so can you explain this? So I feel like we've got good resources here. So let's dive into the first one we talked about, which is the sparkling wine. This is similar to a champagne, and I just want to say, did you know that sparkling wine can only be called champagne if it came from Champagne, France? I know. I feel like a lot of people don't know that. But it gets thrown around so much, too. They're like, it's not a real champagne because it's not from France. Oh, yeah. That's like bougie people. Mm-hmm. Bougie but people it's true. on boats. It's true. Yeah, it is true. Um, so sparkling wines are usually high acidity and they're carbonated. So they are best served cold, you know, like a cold beverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can range from dry. So like you'll see on the label sometimes it'll say brute. A brute. Or mildly sweet, which is a demi-sec. Mm-hmm. To very sweet, which is do. Mm. Um, and you'll see this written on the bottle. So you can choose if you want a drier sparkling wine or a more sweet one based off those terms. And kind of the best time to drink a sparkling wine is a lot of the times celebratory occasions, New Year's Eve, that's when people pop champagne mm-hmm. or, you know, are drinking kind of things that are bubbly. They're great summertime drinks. Um, they're actually really great drink by themselves. They don't mm-hmm. need to necessarily be paired with food. But if you do want to do that, it's great on its own, but it's also great with seafood. Something yeah. that's really light, fresh. Yeah. Kind of that summer Yeah, that summer vibe. vibe. Also, um, breakfast. Oh, yeah. Mimosas. Mimosas. Hey. <laughs> that was so weird. Oh, my God. I can't believe we did that at the same time. <laughs> um, also, on one of our episodes, we drank a sparkling wine, and that was a brute sparkling wine okay so if you if you remember the sparkling wine episode it was a brute which means it was dry not very sweet and i think that that checks out Mm -hmm. so our next one is the light-bodied white wine and the difference between that and the sparkling wine is that it is not carbonated and it typically has under 12.5% alcohol content, so not super, super high. This is like a Riesling or a Sauvignon Blanc. Um, these are really, really good to have with uh, things like Chinese food, Thai food, Cajun cuisine, Tex-Mex, pork even. I also just really love a light-bodied white wine. Yeah, you love Rieslings are your favorite. <sighs> Rieslings are, they not? are my jam. Yes, it's my favorite. That's my jam, which is a beach Shazam category. Oh, yeah. That's my That's jam. That's my jam. <laughs> and the money's going up. up. <laughs> you guys don't know, I have a show called Beach Shazam on Fox that I you guys can watch Shazam. if you want. And you can play along with the app. Oh, God, Natalie, we cannot get into it. Natalie's Sorry. been trying to win $10,000 on my show. I try every for single For like three episode. seasons in a row now. I just love the app. All right, let's talk about medium-bodied okay. white wines, so shall we? Medium-bodied white wines, their alcohol content is between 12.5% and 13.5%. Normally have like a pale yellow gold color to them. An example is like a Chardonnay, which actually Chardonnays are the most popular and most well-known type of white 
wine. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel like everybody kind of maybe really even starts out drinking Chardonnay. Maybe. Which is, I don't like Chardonnay. I don't like it either. Maybe it's because we had it so much though. Who knows? I've never been into Chardonnay. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll find one that we love though. Yeah, so a good example is Chardonnay, but also a Pinot Gris is another type of medium bodied white wine. And a good time to drink this would be again with seafood, scallops, sashimi, salads with a mild vinaigrette. So nothing that's too acidic mm-hmm. uh, would be a great time to drink a medium bodied white wine. Light and fresh. Also, I love when my white wines are like chilled. Me too. A nice chilled white. Love it. So now let's go into the full-bodied white wine. White wine. wine. And so this means, of course, that the alcohol content, generally a little bit higher than 13.5%, also has uh, more complex flavors. Sometimes you get an oaked Chardonnay, meaning it was made in an oak barrel Mm -hmm. versus a steel barrel. Um, Muscat. These are really good with rich buttery foods. Lobster. That sounds so... Lobster sounds really good right now. And like, I don't even really fuck with lobster like that. Me neither, but a buttery lobster. That sounded amazing. Where's that place? Um, Mastro's? Oh yeah, Mastro's. It's a a steakhouse in California and... And they've got a really, really good lobster. Holy shit. God damn. Okay. We, should, we should get we should get one of those soon. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Anyways, wow. <laughs> we just went can somewhere. We th- can we throw a lobster in an air fryer? <laughs> should we try? We, we should just try. <laughs> Anyways, other things, um, like charcuterie boards are really good with a full-bodied white wine, smoky sort of flavors, and cheeses that are a little stronger. Mm-hmm. These all pair super, super good with a... Something like a Chardonnay. So the next wine on our list is the Aromatic Sweet White Wine. So these are less defined by their alcohol content and they're more defined by their aromas. Mm. So they range in taste, intensity, and sweetness. So some of the like aroma examples are like jasmine, honey, melon, white peach. Like You can actually smell it out mm. of the glass. Mm-hmm. Um, example of some of the wines are like Moscato, which is my dad's favorite type of wine because really? it basically tastes like juice. It's like also he puts grenadine in his well, shampoo. he yeah, he puts grenadine in his he wants everything to <laughs> taste like, like grape juice, which is yeah. so stereotypical and like terrible. But yeah, he loves Moscato, but um, I get it. Yeah, um, I don't know how to pronounce this, but Zabibo, Zabibo, I literally don't even know what that is. <laughs> I, Zabibo, I, I googled it, it sounds like Zambino, which is that <laughs> thing that you ride around on the ice. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Zabibo and Torontes? Torontes? Torontes. I really have no idea. These are all different types of aromatic white wines. Google it. Yeah, you have to look that up. But um, a good time to drink these. They're actually really great with Southeast Asian food or like Indian cuisine because they're very fragrant. And I think those type of foods are very fragrant as well. So they pair really well. Oh, that makes sense. There's no like overpowering things. You know, they're just kind of go together. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, next on our list, rosés. Rosés are a middle ground between a red and a white. They're often really fruity or melony. Generally, they are served chilled because it kind of brings those flavors out. Um, Also, super, super common to see them in the summertime, to have them served in the summertime because it has a lower alcohol content. It's easier to drink. I have a question. Yeah. Because you're from Napa and you are adequate in your... <laughs> and I am 
adequate. You are <laughs> adequate in your wine knowledge, Natalie. Is a rosé a mix of a red and a white put together in a blender? Actually, oh my God, I actually know this answer. Um, no. However, very rarely, sometimes it is. But for the most part, how they make rosé is... So actually, when you drink a red wine, mm-hmm. the color comes from the um, skin. From the skin, I knew that. So when you do a rosé, they put the skins in for a hot second and pull them out really quick. Interesting. That's how it's pink. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. But some there's a very rare occasion where they do sort of just blend a red and a white and it makes a rosé, but that's not really very typical. So things you can pair rosés with. Also, rosé, you kind of... It's kind. You can kind of drink it. You can drink it on, on its, its, own, its own. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, actually, all wine you can really drink on its own. Rosés pair super, super well with things that are light and fresh. So, summer salads, grilled salmon's, veggie skewers, something like a brie. Also, super bomb with Thai food. Mm-hmm. Just envision yourself outside on a nice, warm summer evening with Thai food and a chilled rosé. I love Thai food more than any other cuisine right now. like uh, my boyfriend and i have had so much thai food you guys in the have last... hit thai really hard we recently. have it twice a week every week i love fail. it i love it so much <laughs> okay so the next wine on our list is the light-bodied red wine um, these like, are my favorite these are your, your light-bodied red wine yes okay i, I mean think... in terms of my red wines right Okay, so again, these are lower in alcohol content. They tend to have lower tannin, be lighter in color a little bit than um, like maybe a full-bodied. Examples are a Pinot Noir, which I think is your favorite. That's my favorite. That's your jam. That's my jam. And or a Grenache. And a great time to drink a light-bodied red wine is. One, making sangrias. Mm, I haven't had sangria in a long time. Me neither. Um, and, but it's also okay to drink by itself. It's a great sipping wine, something that is easy and you don't really need food to balance it out. Mm-hmm. But it's if you do want to eat with it, it's good with lighter, lean foods like chicken or salmon. Yeah. I even though, I mean, just because I really love Pinot, one of my favorite meals ever. Every time I go home, my dad always says, what do you want me to cook? And I always say, Veggies steak, and a pinot. Mm-hmm. I like a pinot with my steak. Okay. But other live people- Live your damn life, Live my girl. damn life. But other people prefer, with steaks, they might prefer more of a medium-bodied red. These ones are always a safe bet. If you have to go to a dinner party and they're like, bring a bottle of wine, and you're like, oh, I don't even know anything yeah. about wine, go for a medium-bodied red. It has medium tannins and acidity content, meaning, you know, it's it's just it's right in the middle of the road. This is stuff like Merlot, Zinfandel, Sangiovese. We're drinking a Merlot right now. They're dominant in red fruity flavors. So think of stuff like cherry, plum, cranberry, mm. etc. And actually, right when we poured this Marilyn Merlot, I smelled it and I thought it smells like very strongly of um, plum and like prune. Do you get that? Well, now that you've said it, I, I feel like my senses have been suggested. You know what I mean? Yeah, highly impressed. But I do. I smell it. Yeah, definitely smell it. It's you can smell. It's a it's a red fruity flavor. Yeah, 
definitely. So the next wine on our list is the full-bodied red wine. This is higher than 13.5% alcohol. So watch out, y'all. Yeah. Um, they tend to be more complex and have a richer mouth feel. They're kind of the darkest and the most tan, as we now know what that means. So an example of a full-bodied red wine would be like a Cabernet Sauvignon or a Syrah. And a great time to drink it would be paired with heavier flavors like a steak, like mushrooms, like these fatty meats because... The wine is so complex, you want something to balance it out that's equally as heavy. Yeah. Maybe this is why I never go for like a cab because I don't tend to eat. Yeah, you're very like light eater. Yeah. I don't like mushrooms and like really fatty things. Like I'm just not into it. Yeah. So maybe that's why I tend to stay away from full bodied reds. But, um, but you know, I'm, I'm never opposed to one. I'm never opposed to anyone. No, why not? And our final category final category is dessert wine i love a dessert wine i i rarely had it that one time with you when we had like a limoncello oh that's not a dessert wine that is a that's like straight alcohol okay that's just like (laughs) like you could breathe fire with i made a limoncello actually it's like everclear and lemon is (laughs) it (laughs) and sugar no but dessert wines are they're they're sweet and they're strong. So usually you you drink them in little tiny glasses, little cute glasses, um, and you just sort of lightly sip on them because, again, sweet and strong. Um, and how they're made is they it's made by stopping fermentation before the yeast converts all the sugar from the grapes into the alcohol. Oh, so there's just sugar in the wine. That's not alcohol. Right, because they stopped the process right. before it could totally convert. So it can actually range from being super light. And some people consider Rieslings to be dessert wines. And I say citizens arrest on those people. Okay. <laughs> and um, But it can also range to being a really full, almost like a syrupy sweet wine, which I actually like. Wow. I don't know if I've had any. We'll have to go to a... A restaurant that has dessert wines and and have some. Or or if you ever come to my house in Napa, we've got. Some I want to do like a full Italian meal and then like have that as and with a dessert wine. I want to. You know where I really want to be at that restaurant in Atlanta. Oh, don't, and then have a dessert wine don't after even that get meal. Me started. They had they had dessert wine. We should. We have to go back. There's this. Natalie and I are gluten free, and there's this amazing gluten free restaurant in Atlanta, which I can't think of the name of right now. Mediterranean. Oh, Mediterranean. You're right. And I believe we shed a tear. Yeah, we like had the most beautiful spiritual meal ever there, like out on the rooftop, and it was sunset, and we were like, it was surrounded by like just children trees. were laughing it was in the beautiful. distance. It yeah. was like a whole thing. Yeah. But um, yeah. Well, oh. let's do that, and we'll get a dessert wine. So now that we have gone. In depth through the nine categories. Let's discuss what people should look for. So the first thing I think you should consider is your, like the mood or the occasion that you're shopping for. Maybe you're going for, like we've said, if you have, you're having friends over for Thai food, you might go for a white wine. If you're having like an Italian meal, go for a, maybe a medium or a full bodied red. Really like looking at these pairings that we just kind of went through. Yeah. And when you're looking at the shelf, where to even start to look and what section is really Mm -hmm. based on your occasion and 
what you're feeling like. Yeah. And even just like once you start experimenting with some of these wines, just what your favorite things are. Like I know for me, if I'm choosing between a Pinot and a Cab, I'm always going to go for Pinot just because I like it so much. So the next thing you would do is once you're in the category that you want, you're in between. Sometimes there's like, I don't know what I'm doing when I go to buy wine. I'm purely picking off the picture on the, label. on the label. I have a really beautiful Zinfandel at my home. Oh, Maybe I'll bring it for Saturday. If you like Zinfandels. Yeah, I do. Oh, um, it's gorgeous. So obviously choosing based off the picture maybe isn't the smartest choice. I don't know, Natalie's um, shrugging. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. Maybe. But what you want to do is really check the label. So you're checking the vintage of your wine, which is otherwise known as that year or date that's going to be on the label. You're going to check where the wine is from and also the alcohol percentage. Yeah, and when she's talking about the vintage, that is the date the wine has been grown and harvested in. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people think it's like the date that I don't know. I feel like people may not know exactly what that date even means. Yeah. Well, also because, like, let's say right now a 2019 Sauvignon Blanc comes out. It's because the grapes were – and it's 2020 right now. It's because the grapes were picked, harvested. Yeah. The whole thing was happened in 2019. And that's helpful also. For example, in 2017, I think, in Napa we had horrible fires. And that year, all the, the vintage is very different for the 2017 because a lot of those grapes got destroyed or they taste different. You know? Right. This is like expert level, That's like, like X, expert. X yeah. Games mode, yeah. <laughs> as TikTok would say. <laughs> X Games mode. Uh, on the wine. Yeah, on the yeah. wine. Um, and then in terms of where the wine is from – the more specific the label is, the better. So if it just reads California on the label, you might want to be wary of that. You actually want more specific regions like Napa Valley or Sonoma Valley or places that you know are wine country because if it just says California, was it grown in, uh, you know, in West a LA? <laughs> like where was it grown in California? So yeah. that is actually something that you can be mindful of is the more specific a label, actually the better. Yeah, and you can kind of get to know also what types of, like I love a Pacific Northwest Pinot because I like those grapes. That's really... That's next level. That's when you know yourself and wine. God, one can only hope. Um, Also, a general rule of thumb in terms of vintage, how we've been talking about the the year, is that if it's a California wine, vintage doesn't tend to matter as much as if it's a European wine. um, Because in California, we tend to have pretty consistent weather, weather, rainfall, stuff like that. In Europe, things can be really different. So one year may have had super heavy rainfall, one year may have not one year may have been really cold whatever 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 so that's something to consider also for red wines you want to shoot for things that are between two and 20 years old on Mm. average but for white wines you don't really want to get something like if somebody hands you a an old bottle of white wine it's not it's not gonna be good you guys wow see i i always thought it was just like the older the better like as old as you can get no. So for white, definitely not. For reds, sometimes yes. Like I th- 
the earliest I've ever had was like a 1985 wow. or something. But like even this, so this was a 2008. And I was like a little bit like, mm, it might have already turned. But actually, this one's come out pretty good. Yeah. So that's something to consider. And also, if you're brand new to wine, I know where I started with wine was whites and rosés. Mm. They're easy to drink. They're family friendly. Not family friendly. They're user palette friendly. friendly. Palette friendly. Yeah. And your palate always sort of changes and adapts. But I think starting with like a Sauvignon Blanc, a Riesling. God knows I love a Riesling. There's so many rosés. A rosé has been like popularized. There's like yeah, it's, Yes Way Rosé. It's like a has its own subculture, which is pretty crazy. I kind of hate. I hate it too. All the rosé like like rosé the t-shirts that like i'd rather be drinking rosé and shit like that i hate that so cheesy (laughs) no disrespect if you have one of those shirts that we still love you yeah we still love you all right um well hopefully you now understand the elements or the components of wine the nine basic styles of wine and how to pair them and also what to look for while shopping for wine off the shelf so if you have any questions feel free to dm us at am i doing this right pod or email us at at am I doing this right pod at gmail.com. But Nat, we've been talking about wine this whole time and we've been drinking this Marilyn Merlot. Merlot. <laughs> I know. And actually, so I typically don't obsess over Merlots. They're not my number one choice, but I really like this one. It is super complex. It's really, co- actually, when we first started drinking it, it was very smoky. Gosh, I wish I had that vocabulary that you do. I have no idea besides there was a lot going on in my mouth. It was very complex. Smoking the fact that it like kind of rises in your mouth. No, like it actually tasted smoky to me. Like, a, you know how like a yeah. mezcal is smoky? Yes, yes, I know that. That's kind of how I got. It was like instantly I got plum and smokiness. Wow. You are from Napa Valley. Wow, I All guess I can so. tell you is that a lot happened in my mouth. and <laughs> That's what she said. And that's what she said. A lot <laughs> happened in my mouth, and it's pretty good. It's, it's really good. fun to drink because it makes your brain think. Yeah, I like that. And I just also love the bottle. The bottle is amazing. We'll post a picture fun. of it on our Instagram. And also, I think we would love to hear if you have a favorite, like all-time favorite, favorite wine Share it with us. Yeah. I'd love to know. Maybe and we'll I'd like drink to drink it on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So let's rate our wine to our hottie of the week, which I didn't have to fight for. I won't say I have to fight for it, but I no. did. There was hesitation about. But let me tell you. Okay. We'll say who it is. And then I'll just say what my, the only hesitation I have. My suggestion for the hottie of the week was. Um, and and who it is is Dev Patel. Dev Patel, who I think is a stone cold hottie. Whoa, whoa, a stone cold hottie. But he just has been he's been disappeared for a while. Yeah, okay. So he did have a moment, I would say, in like 2010 or maybe 2012 or something. Slumdog Millionaire. Well, no, but then he had no, he had Lion. And lion, he looked and Hoyer and in that. he really came back. And I haven't forgot about it. And I think other people have. And I. I want to bring him yeah. back. Yeah, I respect know? that. Well, I, I don't know. That. You know he's working on some cool-ass project. He's going to come back. Deb Patel, my man. And can we also say, last night when we were talking about this, she says, I bet you anything Deb Patel's like six foot two. Oh, I said, I said, I did say six five. Oh, you thought he was six five? I said, he just, he carries himself really tall. So I was yeah. like, I bet you he's really, really tall, like six five. And we looked up, he is six two. He's six two. Surprisingly tall to me. 
No, he, he look at picture. Have you ever seen him in a suit? Oh, God, delish. But yes, he but looks I guess, amazing in a suit. <laughs> I need I need more picks. I need more picks. But anyways, one to Dev Patel, and I think that this actually is a good wine to compare. Yeah, well, I feel like he complex. He's very complex, tall, maybe full bodied. Yeah, let's, let's give him that. Yeah, he's full bodied. Okay. 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 Um and. Yeah, I feel like complex, rich, cultured, tall, full body. I mean, I think this really this really nails it. This really if we're going one to death, Patel, I'm giving this thing a nine. I'm gonna say a nine, definitely a nine. Yeah, hundred p. All right, well, Natalie, thank you for sharing this Marilyn Merlot, Merlot. with me. I feel truly, truly honored. I'm just so happy that we find I finally have had a worthy moment. Tenth to, episode. To this tenth episode. We are celebrating. Yes. So it's that time of the show now where we get to decompress and play a fun little game to just kind of be a little bit of a palate cleanser. Mm -hmm. And today we are playing 200 questions. We are not answering 200 questions. No. We're going to pick a number between 1 and 200. I have 200 questions um, I found online, and I don't know what they are, and we're just going to pick a random number and answer that question. So, Natalie, you go first. What number do you want? 1 to 200. Mind you that as you get closer to 200, the more deep the questions get. My gut says 77. Okay, so question number 77 is, if you didn't have to sleep, what would you do with that extra time? Oh. I feel like I know. God, I, whenever I think of a, I had extra time, I would be sleeping. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, probably just like doing art. That's what I figured. Yeah, painting or something. Yeah, you know what? Ugh, I've every single night I have this drawing that I've been working on for like weeks because I only have like five minutes a night to do it. So I like do a couple things and then I leave. And I just want to finish that thing. So you'd finish it. I would finish the drawing. And I have this whole idea because I have all these vintage magazines where I like cut out all this stuff and put it above his head. Then I want to write stuff. Who is it? Do you want me to tell me? It's it's just Mick Jagger. Oh. It's just like a drawing of Mick Jagger. And he has a top hat. And then I have like this idea to put like these lyrics above his head because it's very topical for what we're going through right now. It's a whole thing. But I would just love to have that finished. Okay. I love that. Yeah. So that's my answer. Okay. Now you tell, you give me a number. I'm going to go with 104. 104. Okay. Question 104 is what is the hardest lesson that you've learned? That one's Mm, deep. That's deep. That is not a palate cleanser. Um, (laughs) But I actually feel like I have a, a semi clean answer to that and I think it's that not every person is meant to be in your life forever and people have moments and chapters and I'm talking about friendships relationships and even like people like loved ones I've had that have passed yeah like just knowing that sometimes you you just have these experiences with people and being okay to let that go and being able to respect that relationship and be like oh, wow, I had that, and that's just not a part of my life anymore. Yeah. That's been a hard lesson to learn, but one that I have, and I yeah. feel like I have to keep reminding myself of, but yeah. I feel like it's really important. That it? is such an important lesson 
and one that I have also had to, and of course these are always really hard to learn. Right. The hardest lesson I've ever learned. I mean, I've learned a lot, but I think that one probably ties into a lot of different things I've experienced. Yes. So people are here for for moments and times and chapters, and then sometimes they're not, and doesn't mean it wasn't special or it wasn't great, Yes, but it's just like, that was a chapter and like, they're not going to be in the rest of your story, which is a tough pill to swallow sometimes. Sometimes. And sometimes it's really for the better. Most, it always is. Yeah. Wow, what a great way to end. I mean, that's a that's a great life lesson to just yeah. leave to to ponder. And don't you worry, because we will be back. We're not going anywhere. No, we're not. And thank you for tuning in for the last 10 episodes. And I can't wait. Hope we have 100, 200 more. Yeah. Love you guys so much. Love you. Thanks too. for the support. Love you, love you. Bye.